Sign up to The Economist for in-depth curated expert analysis of world events and topics ranging from business and culture to science and technology. You'll get the weekly digital edition, online-only articles, curated newsletters on politics, the markets, science, culture and China and full access to The Economist Podcast Plus. The Economist is independent journalism for independent thinking. Go to economist.com and get your first month free. On the line with us, we have the senior attorney, one of the senior attorneys for Judicial Watch, Michael Bacasha. Michael, have I pronounced your last name right? You have. Thank you so much, Michael. I am so delighted and honored that you would take some time with us. I read your article in the Wall Street, your op-ed in the Wall Street Journal yesterday, and it blew me away. You stated from the very beginning of the article, and this was in response to the indictment of Donald Trump. Your opening sentence said, this should never have happened. Can you tell us why? Can you tell us the relevance of Clinton's sock drawer, which Donald Trump mentioned in his speech from Bedminster. Yeah, thanks for having me on. It, um, you know, this all this all starts when I lost a case, and you know, I seem to be talking a lot about a loss these days, which no one wants to do. But it's extremely interesting because back in 2010 through 2012, uh, Judicial Watch came to find out that uh, President Clinton, when he was in office, created a lot of audio tapes of him being president, talking to foreign leaders, talking to members of Congress, talking about policy. And while he was in office, he kept those tapes in his sock drawer. And then when he left office, he took it with him. He didn't turn them over to archives. Um, in fact, he purposely kept them in the sock drawer because with all the subpoenas being flown around, thrown around uh, during the 90s, he was he was concerned uh, that somebody may get a hold of that. And so he took the tapes with him and we found out about it when a historian, Taylor Branch, wrote a book all about it. And uh, we thought, wait a second, those should be presidential records. The American public should have access to them. The Judicial Watch sent a request to the archives asking for the records, asking for the tapes. Archives said no. So being Judicial Watch, we sued. We sued the federal government asking that they declare the records to the tapes to be presidential records and try to recover them from President Clinton. Um, The Justice Department said no way. Their argument Whatever the president designates as personal and takes with him are personal records, and there's nothing we can do about it. The Justice Department also at the time argued they don't have a duty to continuously and endlessly search for records that may be potential records. And then they said they had no ability, no authority to forcibly take any records from a former president. The federal court here in D.C. agreed with them, and um, I lost what is now known as the Clinton Softdoor case. Um, Fast forward to today, or at least a year ago, and archives seem to be concerned that President Trump took records with him when he left office. Um, You know, our position, my position in the op-ed is 
if President Trump put things in boxes, thought they were his personal records, took them with him when he left office, there's nothing archives could do anything about it. And so this all began on this false premise that the government had authority and a duty to go find any records at Mar-a-Lago that they wanted. It, they wouldn't do it with President Clinton, so why are they doing it now? So to be clear, and not that you weren't clear, you have been very clear, but the National Archives does not have the power or the law on their side to tell any president of the United States these records are records that belong to us, the bureaucrats here at the National Archive, and you can't have them. That's pretty much the bottom. Does that also apply to classified? Is it any? Is it any document that the president says this is? I'm keeping this as a personal record. Is that unilateral? Is there any exception to it? How does this work? Yeah, it doesn't seem as though there is any exception to it. Uh, the federal court here in D.C. was pretty clear that said any record designated and taken by the president is a is a personal record, and there's nothing that the Justice Department can can do about it. And the reason it's you know it sounds odd, right? It sounds strange. How could a classified record be a personal property of the president of the United States? Well, the Constitution gives great authority to the president as commander-in-chief. Because of our separation of powers, Congress can't really dictate or require the president to do anything or for laws to really apply to the president. And so um, the Presidential Records Act, although it seems to suggest there may be definitions for what's a personal record and what's a presidential record, it's just guidance that in the end, it's up to the president of the United States to decide what the records are and what he's going to do with them. Wow. Now, let me ask you a question about this. President Trump, in his speech, said that in this entire document, this indictment, the Presidential Records Act was never cited once. How could that be? Uh, uh, is the DOJ completely overlooking what the president legally is entitled to do in order to bring this indictment? I, I think the Justice Department knows that under the Presidential Records Act, um, President Trump didn't do anything wrong. And so they're silent on how this all began and how the focus at first was on the Presidential Records Act, and they only focus on those other laws and other charges that they brought. But the problem I have with that and the problem that I raise in, uh, in the op-ed is if you look at the second paragraph of the indictment, it says while Trump was president during his presidency, he decided what was going into boxes, you know, newspaper clippings, photographs, calendars, journal entries, um, other documents, you know, he put things in boxes. And then the fourth paragraph says when he was leaving office, he decided what boxes to take. 
And so that sounds to me very much what he was supposed to do and what he was authorized and allowed to do under the Presidential Records Act. And so where is the crime? How can how can they can how did they, you know, get this search warrant, start this process of asking Donald Trump for records back and claim he didn't comply with the request when he was just following the law as the Justice Department described it in 2010 and as a federal judge ruled in 2012? This is going to hit some people over the head. Today, there are other op-ed pieces. Carl Rove uh, wrote one. Uh, 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 his former attorney general, Bill Barr, is out saying that he's really got himself in a deep mess here and, and a very caustic, um, there's a very caustic article about this. And yet, no one seems to point out the facts that you've pointed out that this seems to be black and white law spelled out. It is the president who makes these decisions. It is not the National Archives. It is not the Department of Justice. Do you expect, how do you expect, if the law is followed, this case to proceed from here? You know, that that's a million-dollar question, right? I mean, the legal process is slow and complicated, and there's going to be, a lot of motions by President Trump's lawyers in front of the judge to try and get this thrown out. They may succeed partly or entirely. Um, but in the end, this case may get before a jury. And when it gets before a jury, the Justice Department is going to have the burden to prove that Donald Trump willfully took records that he knew he wasn't supposed to take and maintain those records. And I think that's going to be a very difficult case to make with the Presidential Records Act and his authority under the Constitution. It's going to be a tough case to make. And when that happens, um, you know, it's going to be it's going to be interesting and fascinating to follow. Michael, as the time draws where we're in the case, I would like to have you back. I'd like to have your thoughts on this as we proceed down this historic path. Nothing like this in the country has ever happened before. And I think you've brought clarity to a lot of people. And uh, so, again, thank you for writing that op-ed. Thank you for spending time with us this afternoon. And I hope you'll come back. Absolutely. Thank you so much for having me. Ladies and gentlemen, you heard it here. And everything that you have heard up till now, put it in the context of what you just heard. President Trump said this. But a lot of re a lot of television stations like PMS, NBC, CNN refused to carry that address. And if you looked for newspaper coverage of it, it wasn't there as normal. Now you're getting part of the other side of the story that many Americans are not getting. And you're getting it right here on Boston Early's Rush Hour.